This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode 18. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey, ass kickers. How are ya? Andrea Owen here, your kick-ass life. And episode 18, I'm, I am kind of doing this episode twofold. Two reasons I am doing this podcast. It's an update um, for those of you who are following the entire journey in my publishing, writing the book, publishing, all that stuff. And even if you're not, even if you're new to that whole story, um, hopefully it'll still, hopefully it'll still be interesting. And the second part of of this is to talk to you all about fear. And I talk about that a lot. But this this particular episode, I'm facing a whole new set of fears. And that's that's what I wanted to talk to you about. Because I like to teach you all through my experiences and anything that's happening in my life where I feel like it can help you, I pass it on. Before that, you know, I kind of like to to shoot the shit with you a little bit and <clears throat> try to leave you with something funny. I don't know if this is all that funny, but it's something that happened this weekend. It's really not that funny. So I I had a shit day on Sunday. I had a couple of really heavy things happen to two good friends of mine and um, two different friends at the same time. And, um, and also I just, I have a lot, I've had a lot of work to do and, you know, I've, I've had to add a day onto my 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 rigorous work week of three days a week, I had to add a fourth day, and um, it's just piling up and piling up because I'm I'm in this this book promotion, and also my six year old son has special needs, and we're getting him retested with a new company and and um, for his disability and all of that can be really stressful. So Sunday, I I just fell apart. Sunday morning, I fell apart. I got some news that that hit me really really hard, and I. Um, I, I was not handling it very well. I was actually handling it as one would expect someone would handle it, but it was it was uh, shocking to me how I reacted, and I was I was devastated by this particular news, and um, I went in the shower and cried for a long time, and got out of the shower and cried some more, and haven't cried that hard in a long time, and felt heavy for a couple of hours after that. You know that just that heavy heart feeling. And so I thought to myself, you know, when I was sitting there, my kids are playing. Luckily, I'm so blessed that they play so well together. I'm just online, just like, oh God, this sucks. And then I thought, you know, the afternoon came around and I thought I should really get out of the house. So I tell everybody, let's go to the park. And um, we have a, we have a German short hair pointer. And if you're familiar with the breed, they are hunting dogs. We don't hunt, but she still wants to hunt. And so my husband has, my husband and my son, I should say, mostly my husband, has a remote control car. And that thing goes like 30 or 35 miles an hour. And um, she, our dog chases it like like it's an animal. And she tries to get it. It's, it's hilarious. So we take her every weekend to the park and, and let her do that. Wears her out for like two days. She sleeps for like two days. So she's actually sleeping right behind me as I'm recording this podcast. She's still out from her Sunday afternoon hunting hunting the car. So I thought that would help, and it was a sunny day, getting some sun on my skin, some fresh air, going for a walk. Didn't help. And and I just 
I think the point of my whole story was um, we, we all have really hard days, you know, some, sometimes and shit happens is what I'm trying to say. And it's still new to me. And, and if you, if you know me and, and you know a little bit about my background, I got sober two years ago and I, I wasn't an active alcoholic for very long, maybe just a couple of years and it was progressing very, very quickly. So I got out in the beginning stages of it thankfully. But before that, I've, I've always had addictive behaviors. And, um, but really what I'm noticing is when I have really hard times like that days, like I did on Sunday, not, not turning to a numbing mechanism is still really difficult. And, um, and the difficult part really is just being in it and being in this metaphorical pile of shit. And, um, you know, and I think about all the tools that I have and, you know, how, do, how can I pull myself out of this? And really, there is no answer. And really, I have to just be in it. And I have to just feel my feelings. And, and really, for someone like me, who's always had something to turn to, whether it was, um, you know, I was a love addict for a while, whether it was chasing relationships or, or men, or it was um, an eating disorder that I would obsess on and, and control or try to control, I should say, and or it was or it was alcohol. And you know, if this had been two and a half years ago, I would have gotten lost in a bottle of probably a, a you know Pinot Noir that afternoon on a Sunday, and um, and it's and it just wasn't working anymore. So that's the moral of my story. I know that might be a little heavy, sorry, but it's what happened. And it just is, is every time, you know, in the next day, Monday morning, I felt a lot better and it's nice to wake up without a hangover. And it really, there's a huge difference I feel in my life, feeling the feelings and really trudging through it and feeling the, the despair and the sadness and the grief, uh, the confusion and, and things like that, um, rather than running away from it. So I think I just wanted to tell you that it's, that it's still hard, even for someone like me, but I can tell you it's way better. When you're in it, it sucks. It still sucks. It still sucks. But in the long run, it's, it's hugely empowering and liberating. So that being said, let's get into the content. Well, if you don't, if you don't know, my my book dropped early. If you're brand new to this podcast, I, I wrote a book called "52 Ways to Live a Kickass Life." The subtitle is kind of a mouthful. It's BS free wisdom to ignite your inner badass and live the life you deserve. So originally, the the release date was December 18th. It came out like on November 11th. All of a sudden, people are People who had pre-ordered it on Amazon are getting shipments. It still won't be released in bookstores until that December date, but everyone was getting um, their shipment of the book, and it, it completely threw me for a loop, and apparently this happens in publishing. I didn't know, and um, it was very anticlimactic. It was very like, oh, I wrote, I wrote a note to my newsletter subscribers and I, and I, I, um, the analogy that I used was it's sort of like if you had planned this big surprise party, this huge surprise party for like your husband or, or, you know, your, your best friend or something. And, 
you're still trying to get ready and you're in your robe and you got curlers in your hair and you know people are starting to arrive and you're like oh my gosh come on I still need to get ready and you're putting the food out and people are getting excited and then the person walks in like the guest of honor <laughs> and you're like wait a minute that's how I felt it was it was I felt like oh okay like I just like it kind of pulled my thunder away and I was really gearing up for this big date and it was going to be really exciting and and I, I had like a brand new web page that was being built for the book. We were gonna do we're gonna do a contest, and I'm having a video trailer. It's already been filmed, but now it's being edited. And I had all these dates that were all lining up, and then it was like shit, shit. <laughs> what do I do now? And in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. It's actually better for for sales, from what I understand. But it still really like just confused me and. Threw my schedule upside down. I had everything planned out and I felt like it got messed up. So that that's really you know, just the update on what happened on, on this book journey. And my editor apologized and she was like, I'm so sorry. I should have warned warned you about this, but that's what happens. When, when it's done printing, it will go to Amazon and any orders that are outstanding, they will fill them. They don't wait until that December 18th. They don't care. They want to get it out of their warehouse, you know. <laughs> I don't blame them. So if you're thinking about writing a book and you are going to go down the traditional publishing road, which I did, there's your warning. <laughs> if your editor or publishing house doesn't tell you, I did. So that's, you know, ask about that because that's really, really common. So in hindsight, um, if I ever do this again, and for anyone else out there listening who wants to do this, plan accordingly. Plan that your book might ship over a month earlier than, than it was. So I, I would have liked to have, have planned a little bit better as far as dates. So that's that. So moving on to fears and, you know, in this whole experience from the day that I decided, you know, it's been nearly two years now, the day I decided that I was going to write a book until today, the fears that have come up are, are all brand new they're they're different and in a lot of ways they're bigger. And luckily, I know that anytime you're on the verge of something big, major fears come up. Our inner critic gets louder. So I like to teach people and practice this myself, the knowledge that using that as an indicator that you're really onto something. I love the quote, if it doesn't scare the shit out of you, it's not big enough. And when I first decided to do this, it really did scare the shit out of me. And, you know, then I decided to write the book and I finally got it kind of squared away as to what it was going to, what I was going to write about in the format. And then when I, I, I truly settled and decided on going traditional publishing, that scared the shit out of me to write the book proposal. I mean, I don't know if you, if you all remember, but I was so dramatic about that proposal. I was like, I can't do it. It's too hard. It's too much work. It's going to take too long. I'm going to get it wrong. And no, no agent is going to want to take me on. It was such drama. But it was all fear is really what it was. It, it, it really was just fear. And my hope is that you can hear me go through this. And I want you to be thinking of that big thing that you want to do. And know, and you know that you've been scared shitless this whole time. That's my, that's my reasoning for doing this. It's not just here to tell you my story. It's it, I want you to turn the mirror on yourself and, and think about 
what it is that you want to do. Maybe it's writing a book. Maybe it's starting your own business. Maybe it's, you know, and I, I have like two chapters in the book, two or three, where I touch on this specific thing on going after your, your big badass goal. So my point with all of that is that to tell you, yes, I was, I was scared shitless the whole time, but I did it anyway. And that's really the only difference. That's really the only difference. And, and I'm going to tell you what I do to get through it, what I did and what I still do to get through it. So let me back up for a second and tell you all the excuses I had before I did it. Because I know that some people right now are listening to this and, and thinking, well, she can do it because of this. And, and I can't because of that. Well, I say bullshit. Like, let me just tell you the, the excuses that I had. And this is just ones that, that, that are off the top of my head. I said I didn't have enough time. I even wrote a whole blog post about that. Didn't have enough time. I wasn't a good enough writer. I don't have any writing credentials. You know, I've never been published in the Huffington Post or Exo Jane or Salon or what are the other ones that, that so many of my life coaching friends have been published in? No magazines, n you know, nothing. I have no writing credentials. I didn't even know where to start. I didn't know anything about traditional publishing. All I knew was that... You had to get a publisher to accept your book or you could do traditional publishing or sorry, self-publishing and just, and do it yourself. And I knew some of the differences and I knew the pros and cons. That's really all I knew. I had no idea where to start. Another excuse was that I have two little kids. I'm just a mom and I have way too much on my plate. There is no way I have the energy and the wits about me to do this. Like there's just no way. It was too big and too monstrous of a project. Um, I also said that I don't have a big enough audience. I mean, I look at like a Gabby Bernstein and who has hundreds of thousands of followers and already has a speaking career and you know, all these other authors that went the traditional way who already had a big platform. And that's the thing with traditional publishing is they want you to already have an audience. And I was worried that it wasn't big enough. I was worried that I wasn't smart enough, that I wasn't, that I didn't know enough to fill an entire book that, you know, maybe I could write like 50 pages, but that's about it. Like I put that limit on myself. I, my excuse was that I didn't have the resources. You know, at the time I started this, we were just, I was, I was pretty much just, I had just finished the year and I think that was the year I broke even in my business. I'm pretty sure it was. But I thought to myself, I'm going to need more childcare. I can't have my coaching practice and write a book. Like, I, I'm going to have to get more childcare. My kids are little. They need daycare. They're not big enough to stay by themselves. So there's just no way. Um, and my favorite excuse was I'm not like the others that actually do things like that. So I put them on this pedestal and was sort of like, you guys are over there. Let's draw a line and I'm over here. <laughs> so <laughs> these were my thoughts and I hope that, you know, that, that you can sort of relate. And then a lot of those sound familiar because that was really my reality for a long time. You know, this is something that I wanted to do for years and years and years so there came a time when me wanting it became more powerful of a feeling than the fears and excuses. It was one of those deathbed things. You know, it's like, how am I going to feel if, if I believe all the excuses and not do it when I am on my deathbed? 
you know, I would see things like, um, this was much later, but you know, for instance, it's, it's terribly sad, but that woman who, and it, this happens all the time, that woman who, who got breast cancer and her husband photographed her over a series of years and, and, um, she ended up passing away. And I, and I thought to myself, like, what if that was me? It, I'm no different than her. I could, I could get a terminal illness. Am I going to be okay with the fact that I listened to these excuses and didn't go after it? I also thought, how am I going to feel when I'm telling my kids one day that this was something that I always wanted to do, but I didn't do it? Oh, I always wanted to write a book. You know, I would think children are very curious. Like, well, why didn't you do it? And what was I going to say? <laughs> you know, it's like, what am I going to do? Feed them the excuses that I was telling myself? What kind of example was I going to be setting to my children? So these were the things that were eating away at me and at which, which helped the decision. So those are the things that really, that really pushed me into doing it anyway, into really just, yep, I still, I have all those excuses and I could listen to them and I can believe that they are very noble excuses, you know, especially the ones about my children. I am a mother first, Right. And, you know, I could build up these excuses and, and, and exercise them and make them really strong, or I could turn the other cheek and plow through anyway. And, and quite honestly, sometimes it was like running through a room that is, that you can't even see your face in front of your hand, just blindly and, and just going through it. And every time something happens, you know, I, I, I talk I talk about this a lot, and every time your life gets up leveled, every time your business gets up leveled, there's these new fears that come with it. Brene Brown talks about this and how how hard it is to feel the feeling of joy, and that most of the time we're so afraid that someone's going to take it away from us, so we might avoid it altogether. And that's that's come up a lot too. And like, oh my god, like I can't. <laughs> Be with this. It's just, it's too much love. It's too much of a dream come true. It's too much joy. I don't want to feel it. So that goes back to that story I was telling you in the very beginning of, of feeling it. And it's, it's a new experience a lot of times. And so all of this has been a new experience. And, you know, I'll tell you something that's been really hard for me. And that is, well, a couple of things. And that's stats and reviews. Those are two really big triggers for me. So and, it, and I'm always very curious when, when people, when I hear people say that they truly don't give a shit what, the, what other people say about them. And I'm like, wow, like I, I do. Like I still, I, I really, I've gotten to a place where I don't care about what other people think of me, but I, I really still, there's a part of me, there's like that 13 year old girl, when I hear people say something really shitty, especially about my work, it stings. And it's like, oh, and to boot, you know, with book reviews, it's like, it's out there for the whole world to see. It's not just like somebody sent you a shitty email and they're like, I think you're X, Y, and Z and you're, you suck and you're stupid. No, this is like <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> and I'm just like, when people say they don't care, I'm like, really? I want to be like that because right now I'm not. And I, I, I still, and I do take comfort in, and I've, I've heard a lot of authors say that, yes, it still hurts. And a lot of authors have also said that they don't even, they don't even read the reviews. 
because it's it's too much of a risk to their heart, to their ego, to their whatever. So they doubt. So I take comfort in that. But it's it's you know, it's still something I'm working on and it's still it's something that's gotten a lot better. Because before, you know, a few years ago when I first started this business and and I would get, you know, I remember my very first bad comment on my on my blog and I went in and edited the post to try to try to make that person like it better. I mean, how crazy is that? This was a long time ago before I launched Your Kick-Ass Life. And no more. I did that one time and I was like, well, that was crazy. So, but but every time it, it hurts and, and every time it gets a little bit easier and, you know, I'll obsess on it a little bit less and a little bit less. And what, what's helpful there is to reach out to people that love me and that support me and, and, and read the really empowering emails. You know, I, I have a folder in my in my inbox that I call positive emails with an exclamation mark. And that's where I, I put all of the really amazing emails that I get from people. And my friend and colleague Zoe Wild calls it, I think she calls it like saboteur killers or something like that, her folder. So use whatever you can to pull your focus away from the negativity. And people can just be mean on the internet. Like, I wonder, like, would you be like that in person? Okay. You know, and <laughs> I'm all for honest reviews of, of a piece of art, a piece of work, a movie, book, whatever. But I don't know. Don't be a dick. Like there's a difference between reviewing the work and then being a total dick. So anyway, there's that. There's my <laughs> my eloquent words of wisdom. Don't be a dick. The other thing is uh, that's a trigger for me is stats, is statistics. I've never been good at paying attention to them. And I was in the beginning. And um, as the business grew and as my list grew and as my audience grew, it got a little scary for me. And so for me, it's, it's very black and white. And, and this is something I've, I've always struggled with and, and tend to get clients. And, and my audience tends to think a lot like this too. So hopefully you can relate in the dichotomous thinking. It's, it's very black and white. Um, that either I freak out because there's not enough people or I freak out because there's too many people and like, oh my God, all these people are paying attention, listening, reading. <laughs> it's overwhelming. Or, you know, like, oh, I should be at this number. And, you know, and it's, so it's like, I've just, I haven't found a place yet where I don't care, where it just doesn't matter. And, and with this book has brought this all up to the forefront. And it's, you know, it's not good enough that you wrote a book, you know, you need to be a best-selling author and that whole game has changed. You know, excuse me while I go off on a tangent here, but that whole game has changed and, and, and that whole quote unquote best-selling, you know, what does it really mean? And there's loopholes and, you know, people can give stuff away for free and then they'll hit a number of downloads and they can call themselves a bestseller. And it's all very kind of murky and it's changed a little bit. So I'm kind of like, does it really matter? You know, my heart really says, Andrew, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. And and that's what I really need to listen to. So I try not to pay attention to the stats. I dread having to look at them. Um, I know some authors and they obsess on it and they will refresh their page and look at it and good grief. I can't do that. Like more power to you. Is that working? Like, is, is it serving you? I can't imagine that it does. But if it does, then go for it, you know, slow clap. But it just doesn't work for me. And I, I avoid it. Luckily, I have a virtual assistant who goes in and looks at them and kind of just like debriefs me. <laughs> 
She doesn't give me any numbers. She knows. Like, Emily, don't tell me the numbers. Just tell me how it's going and what what should I do here? And she's so sweet. And she she's like tells me where there might be some gaps that we could work on. So it's good to have people on your team. That's, you know, my other words of wisdom there. If stats freak you out, have somebody to help you. So um, there you have it. I, I hope this is helpful. There's your update on, on where I am with this. I, I want to tell you all also, if you, you know, going back to the stats thing. So ratings and reviews on iTunes are a big deal. And I get lost in the abyss if nobody, if nobody cares and nobody gives me any ratings and, and writes reviews on how much you love this podcast. So if you do, would you please take the time to do that? Um, you click over on the iTunes page. There should be a tab that says ratings and reviews. You click on that and go ahead and do that. If you're on your phone listening to this, it should be pretty easy. It's the same thing as you would rate and like any app. It's very similar. So, and you know, and the other thing is, is there's a contest right now for the book promotion. Just go to my website, yourkickasslife.com, click at the top on blog, and you should see it up there. Depending on when you're listening to this, you might have to scroll down to, to see it, and there's a big, there's big prizes. I think they're big prizes, and it's really awesome. You don't have to participate in the, in the contest to help me promote this. If you go to uh, yourkickasslife forward slash 52 ways, there are, are things to post on Facebook, Twitter, and there's also um, free chapters to download. There's four free chap free chapters that are available. It's a beautiful PDF, and so you can get those for free. If you're not sure if you want to buy the book, there's a special launch offer right now, so you get a bunch of free stuff if you buy the book now before the end of the year. And all of these links will be in the show notes, so if you're listening to this on iTunes, just go to yourkickasslife.com forward slash 18, that's 18, and you'll be able to see all of that information that I just gave you. And that's about it. So thank you for having me in your world for the last 25 or so minutes, and I will see you all next time. Bye-bye.